0: welcome to experience this where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience great stories of customer service and tips on how to make your customers love you even more always upbeat and definitely
1: entertaining customer retention expert joey coleman
0: and social media expert dan Gingis serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience so hold on to your headphones it's time to
1: experience
0: Yes. Get
1: ready for another episode of the Experience This Show.
0: Join us as we discuss roasting marshmallows in the lobby, free cocktails for an entire plane, and broken door handles that never seem to get fixed.
1: Marshmallows, cocktails, and doorknobs. Oh, my.
0: There are so many great customer experience articles to read. But who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. This week's article comes from the Fast Company Magazine blog known as co-design and is entitled Why Hyatt Designed Its New Headquarters to Feel Like It's Hotels. The article is by a senior writer at Fast Company, Mark Wilson, and it discusses his experience visiting Hyatt's new global headquarters in Chicago's downtown loop. Dan, this is right in your backyard. Have you had a chance to check out Hyatt's headquarters yet?
1: Well, I've seen the outside of the building and it's beautiful, but I have not yet stepped in.
0: Gotcha. Well, based on the article, it sounds like it might be worth going inside because evidently Hyatt worked really hard to create a headquarters that modeled for their employees the hotel experience that Hyatt tries to design for its customers. So basically, when you step into the headquarters, they want you to feel like you're walking into a high end hotel. Uh, You know, it's a very plush lobby with a gorgeous marble kind of check in stand, but it really isn't a check in stand. They have all these great couches and lounge chairs. And the whole thing is adjacent to what they call their drinking and dining area that has a dual purpose coffee bar, booze bar, as well as a cafeteria. It sounds like it's a pretty impressive uh, scene when you first step into the building.
1: Yeah, I've even heard that there's a working fireplace in this lobby. So that's clearly different. So cool. So as Hyatt's CEO said uh, in this article, and I'm quoting, a lot of our employees who work in this building don't travel to hotel properties or spend time in hotel properties at all. The only time they visit our hotel properties is when they're staying in them as a guest. The idea of having a daily experience that is reminiscent of the experience people have in our hotels is a not-so-subtle reminder of the business that we're
0: in. I absolutely love that quote from Hyatt CEO because... The CEO understands the importance of connecting the employee experience to the customer experience. And all too often, and I've run into this, and I'm sure you have as well, Dan, in a lot of the companies that I've worked with and consulted with and spoken to, the employees have never actually sampled the product that they're selling. I mean, to me, this is the equivalent of going to a restaurant and the wait staff never having tasted the food, so they can't make a recommendation. I love that Hyatt CEO basically said, we're going to... Make sure that our employees understand the hotel experience. And what was interesting is they actually modeled this. Hyatt has seven touch points of the hotel experience. So they think of the following touch points uh, as navigating, if you will, the customer journey. So first there's the arrival. So they have the welcome desk I described before. And then they have their social spaces, which are the lounge chairs and the comfy couches. Then they're drinking and dining. And in fact, in the drinking and dining setup at Hyatt's corporate headquarters, they talked about in the future, they might out even test out new food items and new drinks that they're going to have in their hotels on the employees to get like real-world customer-focused feedback. Then they have their guest rooms. Now, You might not be surprised. They don't actually have guest rooms in the corporate headquarters, but they designed these work suites that are kind of outfitted the same way a hotel room would be as their conference rooms. And then they have activities and services and meetings and events, and then finally departure. But basically, they build in the customer journey into the design of the space so that the employee journey at their headquarters mirrors what their customers experience in their hotels.
1: I think this is incredible, and it is probably the biggest and boldest way of demonstrating this theory that you and I have talked about that I've seen. I mean, this is true, in my mind, in every single business. You know, I was in the credit card business for a long time, and we had a a debate and somewhat of an issue that a number of the employees on the front line in customer service were not necessarily – Eligible for credit, right? They didn't have they didn't have a good enough credit history to get credit, and so there was always this discussion, and it never quite worked out. Uh, where you know. We should figure out a way just to get a card in their hands because they need to use the product, right? If your customer service agents are in charge of helping people out on the website who are having difficulty, they better have access to the website with their own account so that they can experience it for themselves, not just have FAQs or documentation on how to use the website. If you're in the food business, you should be trying all of the food that you produce. If you're in the car business, you should be driving your car. If you're in a business where it's not so obvious, then I think the answer is, is that you try as much as you can to go through the customer journey. So maybe you're in the mortgage business, but you don't own a house. And so you don't need a mortgage. You at least can go online and try to start applying for a mortgage and, and, you know, take it as far as you can to feel the experience and identify where the pain points might be. But I think it is absolutely critical no matter what business you're in that your employees experience what your customers experience. So I think Hyatt's doing an amazing job here.
0: I totally agree. And anyone that is listening to the show and thinks, well, it'd be impossible for people to experience what we do in my business. We can't help the employees have that experience. Go on the page, experiencethisshow.com, give us a little recording. There's a widget at the bottom of the page where you can do a recording. Let us know, and we will address this on a future show, because I'm with you, Dan. I truly believe that every business has the opportunity, if not to have their employees actually be customers and sample the product, then they can get really close to mirroring it, and man, the empathy and the understanding of the customer journey that an employee gathers from actually walking in a customer's shoes is incredible. And it's going to make your customer service better. It's going to make your customer experience better. Heck, it's going to lead to product recommendations and new ideas and developments for innovation coming from your employees because they've actually experienced what you're selling, as opposed to just reading about it in a brochure or supporting it in a call center or writing about it on a website. They're actually going to have that personal touch point and experience, that gives them the increased perspective.
1: I totally agree. And I liken it to when you're in a restaurant and you ask the waiter or waitress about a particular menu item and the difference in the experience of whether you get, oh yeah, I've had that. It's amazing. Here's what it tastes like. Here's you know why people like it. Or you get, I have no idea because I've never tried it. Exactly, and, and it's like, or even like a, same with like a sommelier, right? You've got some that will tell you, you know, all this detail about the wine because they've actually had it and others, it'll be like, well, I think it's fruity. It's like, uh, that doesn't really help.
0: <laughs> right. Thank you. Thank you. I don't believe you get to call yourself the sommelier if you're not sure, you know, <laughs> exactly. I, I, I totally agree. And what, what's fascinating about that. And I feel like restaurants are a prime example of this, Dan. In the typical restaurant, at least in the United States, uh, the waitstaff are not highly compensated in terms of their base salary the majority of restaurants they earn their money based on tips and so but a lot of them show up at the restaurant before their shift having not eaten and so the ability of a restaurant to say, we're going to take care of our employees by feeding them, and what we're going to do is just do it family style. Bring out all the specials that are available that night. Have your wait staff gather around, let them dish up, and kind of as you were maybe as a kid at the Thanksgiving table, right? You have to take at least a spoonful of everything, and then go around and have the chef describe why it is that this item is on the menu and what the flavors are and why they like it and actually have the employees taste it. Because I don't know about you, when I'm at a restaurant, if I, especially because I travel so much, I'll ask, you know, oh, what do you recommend? Because lots of times I'm going to a restaurant I've never been before. If they say to me, oh, I just tried the lobster mac and cheese uh, at the beginning of my shift. It was incredible. The chef does such a great job with that. I'd really recommend that. Guess what? That's what I'm ordering. Because I feel like there's a little bit of a vote of confidence from the employee that they believe in the product as well because they've experienced it.
1: That's funny. I started doing that a couple of years ago where I go look at the menu and I usually find a few things that I'm interested in. But the very first question I always ask is either what's your favorite or "You know, what's the most popular or what do you recommend? And more often than not, that sways me. And then what I'll do is of the two or three that I've selected, depending on what they've suggested, I might add one to the list. And then I'll give them the list and basically say, bring me the best one. And it might be like a chicken dish, a beef dish, (laughs) a seafood dish, because I don't really care. But I just want the one or I'll say, like, bring me the one the chef is the proudest of or bring me or uh, actually one way I love to ask it is what is the one dish that I cannot leave here without trying?
0: Oh, I love it. That gets them
1: really thinking because they know they want to give a, a really good answer. And I'll tell you, I'm rarely disappointed when I have that dish.
0: I agree. I agree. So I think the key takeaways from this article, you need to strive to have your employees experience the same things your customers do and make sure that happens as often as possible. It builds empathy, it leads to insights. This is a really powerful thing that every business can do. Don't don't get caught up in the fact that we're talking about the interior design of Hyatt's corporate headquarters, okay? What we're really talking about here is the fact that they gave the experience to their employees that mirrored the experience their customers had. Secondly, even office buildings can be an experience for your employees and your visitors alike. Do the little things. One of my clients, a great wealth management firm out in Washington, D.C., Glassman Wealth, they have a tea menu. So when you sit down uh, as a customer in the lobby waiting for your meeting, they'll bring you this printed menu of the various teas that they have available and get you a, a cup of tea. So it's just a tiny little thing. They print up this menu. Menu, but it makes you feel like you're at a high-end restaurant or your high-end hotel being treated to this nice tea which of course is very much in alignment with their brand because they manage wealth for high net worth individuals and finally make your office the kind of place where your employees and your customers alike enjoy going and they enjoy visiting think about the experience of sitting in your lobby of walking down the hallway of using the restrooms in your office and trying Try to make the experience as remarkable and as magical as possible.
1: And as always, we'll include the link to this CX Press on the show notes. Go to experiencethisshow.com.
0: We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? Last week, I found myself on a night flight, and at the end of the usual flight announcements while we're taxiing down the runway, the flight attendant said something that I'd never actually heard before. He announced over the loudspeaker, I'm going to dim the cabin lights now, and I have a special prize. If everyone who needs their reading light can turn it on right now without pressing the flight attendant call button, the whole plane will get free drinks for the entire flight. Well, as you might imagine, immediately hands shot up, and while little beams of light started to illuminate the cabin, it was followed by dozens of dinging sounds as people accidentally hit the call button. And the attendants started laughing, and it sounded something like this, ding. I win. Ding. I win again. Ding. I'm still winning. Ding, 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 ding. And as soon as all the dinging had stopped, the flight attendant came back on the mic and said, I'm sorry you all didn't win free drinks, but you've now learned that on these new planes, the light button is the small button next to the individual light bulb, not the big button directly above your head. That's the one you press if you need something from me. And I thought this was absolutely awesome because it took an otherwise annoying customer interaction. I mean, imagine being on a night flight and repeatedly hearing everyone hit their call button. And those things, they're loud enough that you hear them several rows away. And instead, they batched it all into a single experience. And don't you know, for the rest of the flight, no one hit the wrong button.
1: Well, I love the creativity of this story, first of all, because it's unexpected and uh, remarkable, as you might say. And, you know, this is during a time that usually the announcements are on and nobody's paying attention and all that. So I really love that they got people's attention. As you were telling the story, of course, my mind went to the actual design of the plane and who in the world put the button there, you know, because like, these are things that can be tested for user experience. And if everybody hits the wrong button, really the, the button's in the wrong
0: place, wouldn't you say? You you would, absolutely. And what's interesting is when, when all this was happening, I actually wasn't going to use my reading light. But like you being one to join in any type of a little customer experience experiment, I went ahead and did it. And I kid you not, the button... Take an eraser on a pencil and cut it in half. That's how big the button was. So, I mean, it re- and it was recessed, so you, you kind of had to feel your way along in the dark to find the indentation and then press it and hope you were in the right spot. Meanwhile, the flight attendant call button was about the size of a quarter. So the differential between these two, and stop and think about when you're on a plane, Which have you had to do more often, turn on the light or call the flight attendant? Well, let's turn on the light. I mean, if it was me, I would have reversed the button sizes. I would have made the light button the big quarter-sized button and the flight attendant call button the eensy-beensy little button because you don't need to use it nearly as much as you need to turn on the light.
1: You know, I got my first taste of user experience when I was uh, managing the website for Discover Card. And it never ceased to amaze me how little tiny changes made such a huge difference. And whether you put the button on a website, you know, on the left side or the right side or or the color that it is, these all make a big difference in terms of how people use it and the extent to which they use it correctly. And obviously in the real world with physical buttons um, or really any other kind of user experience, the same thing applies. And so what we used to do is is almost every change that we made, we brought it to actual users to test it out. And we'd say, hey, you know, the, the equivalent here would be do us a favor and call the call attendant and see if they hit the right button and do us a favor and try to turn on the light and see if they hit the right light and you know a, a simple test like that in fact just a, you know half a plane full of people would have told them that these buttons didn't make a lot of sense and so to that of course that's not the airline's fault right that's the plane manufacturer's fault and so because your story was about the particular experience of of the flight attendants. I think the airline did an amazing job and it, it probably frustrates them even more that these buttons are the way they are because they have to deal with the ding, ding, dinging all the time.
0: I totally agree. And and I know I've said it in previous episodes and I'm sure I'll say it in future episodes. I'm a loyal Delta flyer. This was a Delta flight as always. And I agree with you. It was a perfect example of me, of the for me, of the flight attendant making the best of an otherwise bad situation. And the, the real heartbreaker of this story, this is a brand new airplane. It I I bet this plane had less than 10 flights on it. I mean, you got on and it still had that new plane smell, right? And screens in the back of every seat and super sleek and all decked out. And yet they got this basic interaction wrong. So I think the key takeaways from this story are if you have new features for your products, Go ahead and test the heck out of them. Make sure that you really put some thought into it before you roll it out to all of your customers. And then when you do that, if it doesn't go as well as you might have hoped, go ahead and introduce them in a playful fashion. You know, make a game out of it. Give your employees the chance to educate your customers all at once uh, so that you can make future interactions easier. I, I love the way the flight attendant got everybody on the plane to try this Early on in like a three and a half hour flight, which was a night flight, as I mentioned, so people are going to be asleep, you're going to be dealing with a lot of irritated customers if throughout the night the alarms keep going off, you know, the call, the call a flight attendant button alarms. So by batching it all at the beginning, it took a potentially annoying interaction and actually turned it into a game. Great job, Delta. I'm sorry everyone didn't get the free drinks sometimes the customer experience is amazing and sometimes we just want to cry get ready for the roller coaster ride in this edition of i love it i can't stand it dan you and i both travel a fair amount for work and as a result we end up staying at many different hotels That home away from home is a place that is ripe with opportunity to create an incredible experience or an absolutely horrific experience. So let's talk about the things we love and the things we can't stand about hotels.
1: Well, the first thing that I love, and I love this about more than hotels, is honesty, Quick story. I stayed at a Hilton hotel once in Louisville, and on the Hilton app, you can actually select your room ahead of time. So Ooh. I went ahead and I did that. I go to check in, and the woman says, Mr. Gingus, I see that you selected a room on the app. I said, Yes, I did. She said, Can I be honest with you? I said, Always. She said, You didn't pick a very good room. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, oh, would you like to pick a better room for me? And she said, yes, I would. I said, please do. And I mean, my experience 30 seconds in was amazing.
0: I love it. I love it. No, that's a great one. I really love it when it's a little thing, but it ends up being a big thing, especially for travelers in this day and age, when they have an outlet that's either part of the nightstand table or the lamp that's sitting on top, like at the base, has a little plug. This is so great because I love being able to plug my phone in, which I also use as an alarm clock when I'm on the road. So the ability to just kind of plug that in and have it right next to the bed, uh, is a little thing that makes a huge difference. I absolutely love it.
1: For sure. And knowing that most people do like to sleep near their phone, that's a big one. Uh, I really love when budget hotels offer the same or better amenities than expensive ones. And one of my favorite brands uh, is also a, a Hilton property, it's Hampton Inn. And for a rate that is usually less than $100, you get a big clean room, you get a free hot breakfast that my wife likes to point out always has Belgian, a Belgian waffle maker.
0: Oh, the waffle maker is a big fan, especially when traveling with the family. My boys love that.
1: Yep. You get a, a decent gym that often has a pool. You get free Wi Fi, And even a couple times that I've been at, uh, at Hampton Inns, you get little extras. Like once I walked into the room and, and they had left some candy and a handwritten welcome note for me. And, I just really like that because those are some of the things you expect, you know, from a three or $400 a night hotel. But when you're paying under $100 and you're still getting that, it's amazing.
0: Totally agree. You know, one way to make any hotel seem like a high-end luxury hotel is to have really fluffy towels. You know, it's such a tiny little thing, but as a general rule, that's one aspect of the hotel that every guest is going to experience, or almost every guest. You know, not every guest is going to watch the pay per view movies, not every guest is going to order room service, but pretty much every overnight guest is going to take a shower in the morning. And if you have really fluffy, plush towels, it's such a great way to start the day. And often, one of the, in many ways, the last major touch points with something that's in your hotel. So huge opportunity there.
1: Well, and I have a feeling you may agree with me on this one as well, but how about a free bottle of water? I mean, it used to be that all water was free, right? And then all of a sudden, everybody started drinking bottled water and a new industry was born. And I'll tell you, I don't know what it is, but no matter where I am in the world, I'm not really excited about drinking water out of the bathroom sink in a hotel. I don't, I'm not sure why. I mean, even if I'm in a, you know, a a city that I know is perfectly safe, it's not the water quality so much that I'm worried about, but it just sort of feels gross to me. I think because so many other people (laughs) have used that bathroom. right? And so the bottle of water, I mean, I don't care if it's the one from Costco and it's, you know, 40 cents a bottle. It's a lot, it's worth a lot more than that to me. And so I would really appreciate that. And I love it when that happens. I
0: totally agree with you. The free water is key. Staying hydrated when you're on the road is so important. And to get comped the water, as opposed to paying $4 for one in the hotel vending machine, it's such a little thing. I would rather have the hotel increase the room rate for the evening by 3 or $4 and put two free bottles of water in the room, then make me pay for it. So I totally agree with you. How about some I can't stand at What are the things that drive you crazy about hotels, Stan?
1: Well, first and foremost, and this is a pretty basic one, people, is when the room is not clean. Now, I don't mean the hotel room that I actually stayed at once that was in New York City and they I knew I was in trouble when they brought me down to the basement Oh, and they show me this room. And I am not kidding. Three roaches scurried out of the way when we opened the door. I'm not talking about that kind of not clean. I'm just talking about the little stuff like, you know, you notice some hair in the bathtub or you're walking around with your shoes off and like there's something on the floor. And it just kind of gross because you don't want to be reminded that other people have lived in this room.
0: I totally agree with you. And taking that one step further, while I appreciate the challenge that housekeeping has of getting the rooms cleaned and getting them turned, It drives me a little bit crazy when they're knocking on the door before 9 a.m. to clean the room. You know, sometimes uh, by the nature of my work, I arrive at a hotel very late. And so I might get to sleep in just a little. And to be woken by housekeeping, trying to clean the room I'm in at, you know, 8 a.m. I once had it at 7 a.m. Housekeeping was like trying to clean the room. And I'm thinking to myself, really, most people aren't out and about. Just let me sleep a little longer.
1: Yeah, that ain't right. That ain't right, man. Uh, Another one that I can't stand is when the basic room is not big enough for a family of four to fit comfortably. I understand that if you have a, family that is bigger than four, you may need two rooms. But it does seem to me, especially when you have young kids who, you know, can't stay by themselves, that a family of four should not have to divide up into two rooms. So I really can't stand it when we get a room and like the
0: four of us can't even walk around without bumping into each other. Totally agree. In fact, taking that one step further, I'm one of seven kids. So growing up, we had a lot of people in the room and nine people in the room, I get that's excessive, right? So regularly, we'd request an adjoining room, and I sometimes do this when I'm traveling with my family now, or even just a room on the same floor. And what drives me bonkers is when you're checking in and you ask for this, and they make it seem like you're asking it for them to give you their firstborn child. I'm like, folks, you have a hotel a room, hotel rooms. You have multiple rooms all over this property. Why can't you just find two that are close to each other? They don't even need to be adjoining. Just put them on the same floor, a couple doors down. That's totally fine by me.
1: One thing that I can't stand that I think is so avoidable is when there are no extra Kleenex boxes or toilet paper or pillows, all the things that we are definitely going to have to call and ask for if we run out of, it would actually be easier for, they would make it easier on themselves if they would stock these so that the customer did not have to call down to replace it. But when you you know grab a Kleenex and it's the last Kleenex, I mean, that sucks at home. But when you're in a hotel, <laughs> that really sucks.
0: Totally agree. Taking it one step further, when something's actually broken in the hotel, I was at a hotel recently where the door handle to the adjoining room was completely broken. And to be candid, I wasn't entirely sure that the door was locking and latching. I I was there for three nights. I called the front desk the first... Day when I arrived and noticed this. And then I proceeded to call them each day of my stay. When I'd get back to my room after being gone all day, I was like, oh, is the door handle? Nope, the door handle still isn't fixed. And I would call down and they'd say, oh, we'll send engineering up tomorrow first thing. And I'm like, not before 9 a.m. And, but they never sent them. It was, it, this, the door handle still wasn't repaired when I left. It's the little things that make you feel comfortable and safe and secure in the hotel that really contribute to the overall experience.
1: Totally agree. And that is another example of I love it and I can't stand it hotel edition. And we want to hear from you and your hotel stays. So please jump over to experiencethishow.com. Scroll down to the speak pipe widget at the bottom, which will allow you to record a message for us that we may play on a future episode. And we want to know what do you love about staying at hotels? Or what things can't you stand about staying at hotels?
0: Listen in while we try to stump and surprise each other with a fantastic statistic from the worlds of customer experience and customer service. It's time to check out this number. Okay, Dan, the number this week is 35%. What do you think it refers to? I say it's the percentage chance that Snapchat is
1: still around a year from now.
0: Ooh, I like that one. I think that may be overshooting the hopes for Snapchat a little at this point. But actually, it refers to the fact that 35% of small business owners worry about whether they should be proactively reaching out and nurturing customer relationships. This comes from our friends at Oracle CX Cloud. Hey, thanks, Oracle CX Cloud, for sponsoring the show. We really appreciate it. And their new ebook, Sleepless Over Customer Experience Small Business Leaders' Top Sales and Service Concerns, and How to to fix them?
1: Well, I'll tell you how to fix this one. It shouldn't be anywhere near 35%. It should be 100%. I
0: totally agree.
1: This is something I can't believe. This is not on every single business leader's mind that they need to be proactively reaching out and nurturing customer relationships. As I like to say occasionally at my various jobs, but for the customer we wouldn't have jobs. So, so true. you the, this number, anything below 100% honestly does not make any sense to me. And proactively managing the customer relationship is so important because – customers, especially ones that are unhappy with you, are not going to always tell you. And so checking in with them is really important to to see how they're doing. And today's customers have so much choice out there that if you're not making the lasting impression, they are going to find somebody who is. And it is in the barriers to entry are so low and the barriers to switching are so low that this is a great way to lose customers. So Great stat from our friends uh, at Oracle CX Cloud, but next time, I want to see that number
0: higher. Absolutely. And again, Oracle is just reporting what the survey said. And folks, if you're a small business owner and you are not proactively paying attention to your customer relationships, start doing that today. In the meantime, check out oracle.com slash Inc. Report, that's I-N-C Report, to access this PDF and learn more about ways that you can create great experiences for your customers. Wow! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience
1: This! We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us.
0: We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience
1: This.